After nearly six years of bitter conflict, a Nazi Germany, beaten to her knees at her own game of war, gives up the struggle. Field Marshal Montgomery accepts the unconditional surrender of those enemy formations opposing his forces. War transformed not only those who fought on the front lines and the civilians who experienced it, but also those who supported them on the home front. Although a long-awaited peace lay ahead, there were many changes to the faces that returned and in those who greeted them. Veterans Affairs Canada wants you to explore the stories of those Canadians who have served and sacrificed for our country. These are the Faces of Freedom. Both Anne McNamara and her husband, Howard McNamara, served in the Royal Canadian Air Force during the Second World War. Howard McNamara was a pilot who saw action in North Africa and during the Italian campaign, flying the famous Spitfire fighter plane. Mrs. McNamara, then Anne Good, was a performer who took part in military entertainment shows in North America and Europe, helping keep morale high. Bambi Gray was born and raised in Kingston, Ontario, one of Canada's proudest military cities. She enlisted in 2011 and went on to serve her country for seven years as a member of the Canadian Armed Forces. Together, they share stories about their enlistment draw parallels between their military experiences, and discuss the importance of commemoration. So my name is Bambi Gray. So I grew up in, I grew up in Kingston, Ontario, and I spent my whole life here. Now I actually started going to army cadets with my father when he was five, when I was five years old. I had a brother who signed up, and my dad, he decided instead of continuously driving my brother downtown to the armories and then coming home just to turn around a couple hours later, he decided that he was going to volunteer. Well, my dad uh, became the quartermaster at the PWOR, the Princess of Wales Home Regiment Army Cadet Corps downtown Kingston. And because my mother took that as an opportunity to have a couple hours by herself, she sent me with my dad. And I quite literally got to play in the bins of the supply room at the armories. So later on in life, when I became a supply tech, it's funny because I can say I was actually a bin rat. <laughs> so when I graduated high school, I went to school, I went to St. Lawrence College for corrections. My father is a prison guard, a correctional officer, and uh, it just seemed right that I was going to follow in his footsteps because I swore up and down that I didn't want to join the military because I'd been going to Army Cadets my whole life from the age 5 to 18. I said I'd had enough of wearing a uniform. Plus, when I was in high school, yeah. I went to a Catholic high school, I wore a uniform. So I said, Mom, Dad... I'm not joining the Army, you can't persuade me, I'm not doing it. Well, when I graduated college and it was time for me to apply to become a correctional officer, I decided I really didn't see myself doing that. And the only thing that I could really think of that made me happy, career-wise, was when I was going to Army Cadets. I genuinely enjoyed it. So when I was 20, 21, 
I enlisted and I spent my whole career in Petawawa. So it's back to the airport because all those old guys were leaving and I felt like I was getting left behind. So I said to myself, if they could do it, so could I. So I went and joined the Air Force. So at the, same, at the time I joined, they were, uh, there was a new show up well, in the entertainment unit. There was a new show being developed. And in my history, they noticed that I had been a dancer and they needed another dancer in a show called All Clear. So I was chosen and that's how I got in the entertainment business in a show called All Clear. When, uh, when the Second World War started, uh, all you heard on the radio was what was going on. So uh, really what convinced us was the, the Battle of Britain. So when my brother turned 18, I says, uh, Jim, I think we'd better join up. So we both uh, volunteered uh, to join the Air Force. And... Uh, after our, after our training, we both became fighter pilots. And uh, when I came along, a couple of months later, uh, when we graduated from uh, operational training, uh, we were asked uh, if we'd like to volunteer to uh, join up with the Middle Eastern uh, squadrons because uh, the war in the in the desert was starting to get a little a little uh, busy so uh, our graduating class all volunteered to uh, uh, go out to the Middle East so we ended up starting our operational training uh, in Egypt and uh, we went through uh, Egypt, North Africa, and then uh, the Italian camp campaign. Bambi and Anne share how their upbringing inspired them to join the forces. And Anne provides reflections on how military conflict does not just impact those who serve, but also the families and loved ones at home. Growing up, I, I was a tomboy through and through. I, um, my mom, she had two sons before me, and when she found out she was having a little girl, she was excited, so ecstatic. But it, she learned quickly that I didn't like wearing dresses, I didn't like playing with Barbie doll. I, I just really wanted to, to do what my brothers were doing. I wanted to play in the mud. I wanted to, if they were doing something, I wanted to do it. So it's... Maybe that's why I have the attitude, the, a similar attitude. Well, if they're allowed to do it, then why can't I do it? Right. There, should, there should be no reason why I can't do that. Well, my mother, we, we were three of us overseas at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a brother in the Army, and the other brother was in the Air Force, and I was in the Air Force, and we were three of us overseas at the same time. So it must have been a worry for them. And those days, they, uh, the girls, the fathers didn't want the girls to join up, you know. But my no. father said, oh, no, you don't 
dollars should be in the service. Anyway, my father didn't say anything and my mother be because they couldn't stop me anyway. They figured there's no use of fighting the first and going to do what you want. <laughs> so anyway, you anyway. Yeah, well my father had been in the army. He was uh, uh, in France uh, during the first world war. So uh, he didn't have, he was kind of pleased, I think. But you know what I think the most of is the mothers that waited for these young people to come home. And the mothers that get the telegram saying they were missing in action. And they still hoped that they would see them again. That's what I think of Harmison's Day. Commemoration is very important to both Bambi and Howard. The two veterans share their thoughts on remembering, including why it's important to continue to educate others on Canada's military history, both past and present. Well, I think it's important to remember everyone who served, regardless of what conflict it was, because it, it, it was different. It was harder to volunteer when Anne and Howard were assessing their lives when they were younger, opposed to now. Not that it, it's easy to say goodbye to your family for six months, but now when someone goes overseas, if they're not supporting um, a, a combat role, they're, norm, they're normally teaching. Mm -hmm. So when groups go overseas now, it's to educate and teach other forces. Mm. opposed to physically being involved mm. in conflict. Combat. And I, again, I think some people forget about that. But as time goes on, it's hard to remember that 75 years ago, something ended that if it wasn't for you and Howard, that could still be going on now, or we may not be here to address the conflicts going on within our own country. And I just, I believe it's super important to continue to teach and commemorate so it doesn't happen again. And so if it does happen again, people are comfortable to turn and talk to individuals like yourselves and ask about your experiences, opposed to if we were just to forget about what happened, because there are some people who want to forget about it. It was a very sad time. Well, if we forget about it, if we're not comfortable talking about it, if we're not happy to talk about it, then how do we move forward? How do we learn? How do we make things better? Mm. So I think it's important to be thankful. A lot of people ask why we celebrate uh, Remembrance Day. And uh, I, I think, why, why do we celebrate? Well, uh, last November, um, my, one of my daughters and I were uh, in Italy with the uh, CVA and uh, we were visiting one cemetery
country. One of the girls that was uh, helping me said, uh, your name is on this grave. And here we looked at it. Here is my name, Howard McNamara. And it went through my mind. Who's uh, looking after this man? I mean, uh, he he was uh, 23 years old. I think he was a pilot. And uh, what goes through your mind is uh, that's why Remembrance Day is a day to remember these people. And with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of the Faces of Freedom podcast. You can keep up to date and join the conversation on social media by using the hashtags Canada Remembers and Faces of Freedom. Or you can find us online at veterans.gc.ca slash Canada Remembers. We also have online Faces of Freedom articles where you can learn more about those who have served and sacrificed for our country. If you have a suggestion for the podcast, whether it's a specific guest or story, you can reach us on social media through the Canada Remembers Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as the Veterans Affairs Canada Twitter account. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. And remember, their faces tell the story, but their legacy will live on.